to you in peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. From beautiful Hotel Candelaria in Antigua, Guatemala, my name is Sean Smith, and on behalf of myself and my beautiful wife, Damaris, hello. Welcome to Now is the Time. It is my privilege to welcome to the Mobile Pro Podcast booth here in exquisite Hotel Candelaria, stove crew number two, numero dos. I'm going to have them introduce themselves, starting with Sean. My name is Sean Tennant from Holly, Michigan. Don Tennant from Holly, Michigan. Stuart Nice from Campbell, California. Eric Schneider from Shelby Township, Michigan. Lady and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is day four of our work day. Thursday. It's crazy. Yeah. Is it gone by quickly for you or is it gone by slowly for you? Quickly. Quickly. Very quick. Why does it feel quick? It's Thursday? Yeah. <laughs> and it's you feel like you want to get a lot more done. Why is that? Because there's a lot more to be done. Mm. A lot more people to help. So the more you do, the more need you're aware of, and the more you feel like you want to do more? Yes. Interesting. You're nodding your head as well, Don. I've never been so humbled as I was today. Why? What happened? Well, I have been every day. Today brought me to my knees. Yeah. Uh, seeing uh, the conditions that some people live in, and yet they are so special. They're so kind, giving, generous, loving, appreciative. Prideful. Prideful in their in their home. Pr- proud of not prideful in a bad way, but like proud yeah. of <laughs> what they have, what they have in their settings, and no. I think one of the most disturbing things for me still, uh, but really when I first started working in these communities, is how can they be so filled with joy? when there's so much to be sad about. like uh, That was really, really hard for me. Mm-hmm. We were given some beautiful gifts the last few days. Whether it's fruit, a cold bottle of water, uh, a hand-painted beautiful picture, hand-woven hats for babies. Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola, yeah. <laughs> Which, for those who haven't been here, sounds like a very simple thing, but it's it's a pretty expensive, lavish gift because the price of a Coca-Cola could be close to what they're making per person per day. Correct. Dollar, dollar fifty per day is... Some of these homes, that's what they're making per person per day. So that, that's... That's, That's why it's hard gift. to, uh, <clears throat> it's very, you look at it like it's a very, very thoughtful gesture from them. I mean, way above what you expect. What did what did you expect, Sean? I'm really curious. This is your first year here. You'd heard about this trip. You'd heard about uh, Guatemala and some of the conditions. But um, I, I, know, I know you've been impacted 
you've mentioned that. Uh, what what were you expecting? How how is it different? I didn't know what to expect. Honestly, um, I tried to get a visual of what it was like here. You know, town wise, street wise, um, it's fast paced um, on the streets. Um, everybody's up early and running. Um, there's just I didn't know what to expect, and uh, so seeing it and being part of it, it's been great. I mean, it really has. It's. <clears throat> I mean, we can just put it all away and go back to our lives that we know. Um, you know, and, and then you feel almost guilty that you can because you want to almost bring them with you, the families you touch and you come in contact with. Kind of want to like be more, I don't know, do more for them because mm -hmm. they were so appreciative of the small little things that we look at as the small, but they're looking at as huge. Mm -hmm. I guess you could equate it to building somebody a home, like Habitat for Humanity or something like that, but um, yeah. It was just so far out of our world that, you know, the, the poverty is just so intense that you go in and you see it and you live in it for an hour, but then you come out and it's like, I can't bring myself back into it until we go into the next house because it's just so, it's so different. Mm. It's hard, as someone else mentioned earlier, it's hard to imagine. It's literally hard to think there, there are billions of people who are living on dirt floors still today, mm -hmm. 2017. Yeah. Billions. Yeah, I mean, you see the pictures and you hear the stories, but until you go into the home and you spend an hour or, or an hour and a half there and talk with the people and, and live in it, you, you can't relate to it. Hmm. How about you, Eric? Your, your expectations, how are they different from the reality? What surprised you? I guess what what surprised me was just the the difference between the ultra poverty and and the lavishness within a mile or two. We saw some some of downtown, which was you know fabulous hotels and beautiful things, and then a mile or two away, people are living in just such complete poverty and subsistence and. You know, very poor health conditions. That that was hard to see. Mm. I didn't expect to see that. The extremes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. And uh, Stuart, I know, has traveled um, around the world. I, I've done some travel as well. And every place that I've been where there's been extreme poverty, there's been extreme wealth like right next to it. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. thinking of India, for example. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it is it's disconcerting. It's There doesn't seem to be any middle ground or middle class. It's, mm -hmm. It just seems to be an all or nothing kind of, kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess the difference for me, I mean, I, I've been to India, and I guess that was one of the things that made me want to, to do some kind of mission work is to, to do something. And, but I didn't 
get in and actually be with families and see how they really lived, I just saw from a distance. So right. this was a real opportunity to experience what it is like. Yeah, and uh, like in India, it's pretty hard to find a one or two star hotel. It's usually a four or yes. five star hotel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> there's nothing, there's nothing in between, you know. Mm -hmm. And and Americans wouldn't tolerate. I think a lot of tourists wouldn't tolerate a one or two star hotel in a developed, a developing country. Mm -hmm. And so you're right. You kind of see it from afar, mm -hmm. and you kind of wonder what what it's like. And we are incredibly blessed that we're welcomed into their homes and into their lives in such an intimate way. You know, here, uh, Stuart. Like I said, you you've traveled. Um, do you see similarities here? I know you were recently in India. Do you see similarities? Here, I guess the question would be, what are some similarities uh, amongst developed, con developing countries, and what are some differences that you've noticed? Well, it's been more than ten years since I was there. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. Now, yeah, it's my passport. <laughs> my, my visa ran out. <laughs> I can't go to India without going back to. <laughs> but. Uh, when we were in the, you know, away from the cities, it's the same. Cause instead of burning wood, they're burning cow pies and grass, and uh, it's, you know, they're they don't have facilities. They don't, you know, there's, but they're happy, <laughs> and they're the, at least the Christians uh, that I met in both places uh, have a strong faith, and they know it's not. They're not of this world, like the bumper sticker says in America, when we're very of this world. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this yeah the similarities are, are the joy in the midst of lack and continuing lack, and probably the potential that it's not going to get much better in my lifetime. So, uh, but they all, I think they all have hope for their children and mm. I think that's that's the, the neat thing about the projects we're working in right now is they're looking long term they're looking and saying okay what can we do to help this generation help the next generation to be able to mm. be ahead of uh, where they are of substance substance uh, uh, just day to day trying to get a couple dollars to eat today so, so they can have a little bit less Stuart, you and your your church launched uh, a partnership program with Corazón de los Niños. They're Heart of the Children. They're our host organization here. Uh, you launched a child sponsorship program with them. It was a new project for uh, you and them. Mm -hmm. uh, you started with a small group of... Uh, 20, 30. 30. 30, okay, 30 children. And tell us a little bit about that and how the communication goes between you and the project here and uh, and just how that works. Sure. Uh, so people from our congregation and some from our school uh, have give $30 a month 
uh, to sponsor specific children, but those specific specific children are helped with uh, things they need to be able to stay in school. Um, but it really helps the family, and so anybody that's involved in that family is going to really be uh, be helped by uh, this. And so we wanted to do a pilot program, so to speak, with with this. Um, but Lillian, the director, um, uh, emails us sometimes every other week, kind of, you know, wow. if, if there's an event or if there's something new happening. She she uh, takes pictures and we get pictures. And, and uh, so they just had their grades come out in school. And so she sends their grades and the kids are doing well. Uh, so that's fun. And then over Christmas holidays, uh, well, yeah, the Christmas holidays, they had an event for all the children, gave them some, some presents. And then they go back to school in January. So they all need shoes and, and uh, uniforms to go to school here in Guatemala. So they're all provided uh, those things. So it's neat to see um, that there's certain things they don't have to worry about right now. But Lillian was talking last night about uh, one of the parts of the program was they were teaching the people how to save money, which is not part of the culture. And so they're taught to save a katsali a day, actually, which um, a is, a, is a lot. I mean, you're, you're talking a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a lot for them. But to see uh, even the pictures last night, uh, which she, she has shown us as well, um, that they come with their 30 katsalis to put in the bank, and they have record of that. So they're actually getting a little margin in their life. Because that's the thing, you know, every crisis is a, a crisis of, you know, large magnitude because there's nothing to cover. You can't go to the doctor, you can't, you know, those kind of things. So we're getting a lot of... Uh, a lot of information from Lillian, a lot of pictures. Uh, we're not individually uh, showing uh, the, the people, it's like your child, and this is what your child's doing, but as a group, uh, every other month, uh, I've been pulling together her newsletters and uh, translating them and getting them in so the people can see what, what is happening with the project. You said she's been really consistent with that. That's a lot of communication. It uh, is. We've helped launch a few child sponsorship programs, and that that's a big effort. And she's the director. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she, um, it's not like she doesn't have anything yeah, to do. Yeah, five or six villages in, with yeah, clinics and all stuff. But yeah. she's very conscientious. Uh, uh, that's the one thing we've learned from her in the last couple of years. She's very conscientious when people give the organization monies to be used for, for things. She makes that money go a long, long way. And she gives a serious accounting for every single penny. She uh, does. And, and, you know, I think that's just miraculous because we've given to a lot of things <laughs> and you just hope that the project gets done and, and it does. But we've, especially here in Guatemala over the years, we've sponsored a lot of projects that though some of them were completed uh, others weren't, but the, even the ones that were completed ended up being abandoned later, uh, by just you know from circumstances of the people. Mm -hmm. So this is uh, seems like a much better investment of our gifts. 
Yeah, and so they're looking to um, expand your pilot program. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this this is all kind of happening this week, and so we don't know if there's going to be um, how many children will be available. But if they are, and there's someone who wants to get more information about this, do you have a, a website or something that they can visit? We do. On our church website, we have the sponsorship program page. And uh, you can choose a child from there. Um, these next 50 children that we're going to put up, uh, they'll get on the page. And you can click a child that looks cute to you. And, <laughs> and it'll lead you right to a place where you can give now. <laughs> and uh, we put you on a one-year uh, automatic payment program. And that way you don't have to think about it. And uh, we know these kids will be taken care of. And just as an aside, uh, for uh, those who haven't sponsored before, uh, there's uh, you you uh, especially if you're here you be you really establish a relationship with your sponsored child. They, uh, the sponsorship is is basically a godparentage. So they call you godfather and godmother. So if you ever wanted to be a godfather, this is a good place to start. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they really take it seriously because you're actually caring for them, and uh, just as you would if somebody asked you to be a godparent in their life. And I think that's pretty neat to be a godparent to some child. So, And you can come visit them. And you can come visit them. With Some of the people from our church and school are coming for the first time this year because they want to see their child sponsored. Yeah. So hmm. uh, that's kind of a neat thing when you see their kids. And I also want to uh, let everyone know that, uh, that this is a unique program because 100% of your donation goes directly to the program. Like Stuart said, it doesn't go to the child. Specifically, the child's already receiving these services from the organization, Corazon de los Niños. Your money's going to the organization to support all the children that are part of the program, but the child represents uh, one of the children that are being uh, served there, and 100% of your donation goes a tax deductible donation goes directly there and that's very rare because yeah. it's a lot of work mm -hmm. to do what Stuart and his staff are doing volunteering to make that happen so um, do you have a website they can go to so, if people are interested it's valleylife.org and just hit valleylife.org valleylife.org and then and then you'll see child sponsorship somewhere on that page yeah I haven't looked at it lately and we'll we'll put it in the show notes so you can just click on the show notes and go there as well so if you've ever thought about maybe sponsoring a child um, everyone around this table can attest to the children that are in this program uh, are worthy of your love and your support and uh, it's an incredible opportunity we we're really excited that they started this last year and that they're able to continue and expand it. It's just um, very, very exciting. Uh, Don and Sean, you two have a fascinating story of how you got here, and I would love for you to share that story because it is truly a story of divine intervention. Uh, Scott Clark is our pastor at our church, Mount Bethel of uh, Holly, and he shared with us at a Bible study one evening very briefly about his experience here four years ago. Uh, 
And we went home after that Bible study, and Sean looked up Now Was the Time Mission on the Internet. We watched you, Sean, on the video. <laughs> and for about three days, we were... It's about all we could think about. Uh, we get home from work and look at some more things, ask some more questions of Scott. And I think it was day four, after praying and having this just be with us every day, we said, okay, we'll go. And it felt like kind of stepping off a mountain in faith, like, okay, we're, we're going to take the leap. Um, and that was for us. Then once we decided, uh, that was it. We, we were completely focused on it. And we didn't really know what to expect, other than what Scott shared with us. And kind of doing a little more research in that, and then we just left it in God's hands and went, empty me, don't have expectations, go with a heart full of love. And, and we have received so much more love back since we've been here. Mm -hmm. Everyone is so friendly. Everyone yeah. says hello to you. Everyone makes eye contact. Buenos dias. Yeah, everybody. You pass on the street, right? Everybody. I mean, well, 90%, 95% of the people will say buenos dias, buenos tardes, whatever. <clears throat> Would always, I mean, they acknowledge you. Um, yeah, they, it's, it's, it's a very, that's, part of it is so fun. Well, not fun, but very uh, intriguing and thrilling, and you see so much walking from home to home, all the people along the streets, um, uh, everything that's happening. So, yeah, everybody's just very inviting and friendly, and not to uh, give me a dollar. Nobody's, nobody's, I haven't seen one person back for money. <laughs> Everybody doesn't expect anything. They just <clears throat> are very open and true, honest people. I mean, really real real people real hard hmm. well, well I love that story because I think many people feel that in order to be called by God it's this megaphone moment mm -hmm. you know or maybe they're driven to the ground and they, they God reaches into the mire and lifts them out of their suffering and it's this you know angel singing in this big aha moment when, in fact, most people that I know who have been called to this kind of work, it's more of a whisper and a nudge and a, a, just kind of a happenstance. Seem, seem just like, just by chance. It seems like we just happened to mention this and I happened to hear it and I happened mm -hmm. to remember it when I got home and look it up on the internet and I but in fact there's there's a divinity in that path that now i mean you don't shake your head big time here <laughs> um now you can see you know with hindsight it's 2020 vision that this is exactly where god called you to be but it's so subtle when it starts and it doesn't go away <laughs> and it doesn't go away. Right. Eric was also <laughs> nodding his head when, when we were talking about this. This is similar to your experience as well, Eric? 
Yeah, well, as I said, when I was in India, I, I felt the need to do something, and that was years ago, but, you know, life takes over and you don't have time, and I thought, well, okay, I was retiring, now I will have some time, and I was thinking more and more about it. Uh, unfortunately, I had some medical issues that just put a stop in my life, and I thought, will I ever get the chance to do it? Mm. And it seemed like things were, you know, I had a window of time, and okay, I'm going to sign up and we'll see what happens. And, and lo and behold, you know, uh, here I am. Mm -hmm. Praise God. Absolutely. You know, I hear a lot of people around this table tell me, <clears throat> it's so hard to remember what happened two days ago you know, mm -hmm. let alone a, a week ago. And it, and it happens when you get back, too. You know, you try and remember, like, that special thing that happened on Thursday or on Monday. It's really hard. It's one of the reasons why we try to do these interviews so that maybe you can have some of those memories and, and save them and share them. Uh, so what, it, what is something that has happened the past few days that you don't want to forget two years from now? What is something that you just, you don't, you don't want to lose? Either that feeling or the memory of a person or uh, a sense of, of Guatemala, whatever that means for you. Um, maybe it's a moment, an experience. Maybe it's just a mindset or a, a thought. Um, what's something that you don't want to forget about this experience? The generosity of the people. Yesterday, we met a woman, her name's Sonia, and her son's name is Jose. And they were at a home that we were installing a stove, and Jose's 11, and even though it wasn't their home, he was the one we got to put the sombrero up top, mm -hmm. <laughs> and he was so thrilled to do it. But his mother, Sonia, she wanted to help us carry our, our wares, if you will, um, our, our tools. She wanted to help while we were there. Uh, and then we left that home and went to her home, and same thing, really wanted to interact. And it wasn't standing back. She, she knew a, a little bit of English, and I understood a little bit of Spanish. And it was very personal between the two of us. She, she wanted to know what I did for a living. She wanted to know how many children do I have? How many grandbabies do I have? Uh, showed her some pictures. Uh, and we loved Jose. He, he's very smart. He showed us some schoolwork that he's done. Um, and that was, that was very impactful to me. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he touched me, you know, just because I, I saw him and, you know, saw him as he had a new pair of Vans on, I think, and mm -hmm. <clears throat> he had to climb up on his roof at his home and me wanting to help him and do it because um, I wanted to go up there. I didn't want to see him get hurt because I knew he how much it seems like he where he could be. He has that gift to keep going further hmm. I see him you know um, great little kid yeah, so when we're talking about 
going on the roof. So the, the <laughs> chimney uh, has a, a little hat that goes over it to protect the rain from falling Snap. into the tomb. They call it the sombrero, which is mm-hmm. hat in Spanish. And so uh, we know that the roofs are too fragile for us huge gringos to be climbing on the roof and so we usually find a small child to scramble up there and throw the hat on the sombrero so that's why we've got kids going up on the roofs right which they do every week anyway right but i just knew he had his new shoes on he was really excited about them and i just okay i can fall and get hurt and okay fine i can get fixed hopefully um but I knew his shoes, <laughs> for him to get another pair of shoes, is mm-hmm. going to be harder than me getting myself repaired. Not on my watch. That's the problem. <laughs> so I'm glad Stuart's here to keep me in, under OSHA law. Now more times. Yeah, more times. <laughs> Very much. <laughs> one, one of the things that happened over and over with us is we would be in installing a stove, and then the person who lived nearby who was going to get a stove installed would come by, and rather than us following our schedule, they would be trying to pull us to get to their house so that they could get their stove installed. Everyone mm-hmm. is, you know, so much in desire to have this stove that they are you know, okay, here I am, I'm next. Please come to my house and please help mm-hmm. me out. And, mm-hmm. You know, there is such enthusiasm for, you know, the work that is being done, and they are so appreciative. That's mm-hmm. something I won't forget. Mm-hmm. Right. Definitely. Something you want to remember, Stuart? I don't know, I just get the... I've been able to relive it over and over year after year, <laughs> but it all does blur. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're trying to figure out when was that? <laughs> when was, <laughs> what year did this? And who was here? And and uh, these families. I think one thing that is nice, uh, especially when you come back to a village that you've been to before, is you see people that you know, and you know a number of people. I, I, I saw this week that we had installed a stove last year and was able to re-engage them. How are you doing? How's the, how are the kids? And what's going, you know, what's going on with your life? And it's, it's nice to feel like you're building a, a, a relationship with the people. You're not just doing a job. It's like, well, we're just doing a job with random people. We're actually building a relationship. It's slow and, uh, and steady. And when, you know, we come back year after year, which is part of the genius of now is the time mission. Uh, we're not just like, there's need everywhere, so let's go to a different village every year just to help villagers, um, which we could do probably around the world. But we're building a relationship and we're, we're willing to work the same field until we see uh, a harvest here. And I think that's a neat part of this mission. And, people we sponsor here the other thing I see about um, this mission is they have a vested interest as well it's not just like here's some money fix, throw money at the problem it'll get fixed um, they take a huge interest in it as well um, and look out for each other and they kind of run who's doing what and who's going to get this next and 
that's what I really liked about everything. Yeah, there's true ownership. I mean, literal ownership, as I was sharing last night. You know, we have a list of maybe 120 to 125 families who qualify for the stove, who are interested in receiving the stove. They have to pay something. There's Nothing is a free gift. Uh, everything, they have to pay a little something, um, usually 10 15% of the total value, uh, we don't get that money that goes to the project, we pay for the full stove. Um, but then on top of that, the group of volunteers who are members of the organization receiving the benefits, they are the ones, there's there's uh, at least nine of them, so there'll never be a tie in the vote. I mean, they've thought all of this <laughs> out, that uh, they are the ones who sit down with that 125 families and decide which of the 84 are going to get a stove this year, which have the greatest need. Uh, because that this year, that's our capacity, that's as much as we're able to give as 84 stoves for this week, for this village, and, and the list needs to be prioritized somehow, and they do that. Uh, they know their community much better than we do, and they know who's got the greatest need and who's trying to game the system <laughs> uh, and um, so we're so blessed that there is that ownership their true ownership and interestingly enough the ones who are the most active in that volunteer directiva they call it directiva it's like a council the ones who are most active are the ones who have benefited the most over the years. They are the ones in the least amount of need now, and they're wanting to give back and pay that forward. Uh, it's truly a privilege to work, work with them. Oh, yeah, and thanks, for, because it's, it's great to see and be part of it. I mean, it's not, like I said, it's not just throw money at the problem and have it go away. I did my part. There you go. Out of sight, out of mind. Um, next year, yeah, I mean, it's. Just, I wish we could stay out there like from whatever five thirty, six o'clock till darkness at six o'clock. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you know. But I know there's X amount of material. So, okay, next year, no, that's my goal is to pump up another twenty, throw another twenty stoves at it. We didn't just come another week. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you need the money to purchase the stoves and that's the floors. True. So yep. that's why we need the people like uh, people I know yeah. that are going to hear from me. So mm -hmm. good. Just awesome. It's <laughs> great. Well, thank you. Thank you to all of those who uh, can hear my voice, who supported those around this table to make it possible for them to come. We're truly honored and blessed. And thank you all for answering God's call. As subtle as it may be, <laughs> as long of the time as it may have taken for mm -hmm. that to finally happen, we really appreciate your faithfulness. And uh, and I want to—I've said it before, and I'll say it again. We are truly humbled and honored to partner with our dear brother in Christ. Pastor Stuart Nice and his church and his school and his family who comes every year. Uh, we just could not dream of asking God for greater partners in doing his work in the kingdom. It's just an honor. 
So thank you all for your service to our Lord and to his children here in Guatemala. And thank you for sharing your stories on the podcast. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Thank you. So that's all the time we have for now from Antigua, Guatemala. If you'd like more information about our mission, team photos, audio podcasts, blog posts, or even YouTube videos, visit our mission website at nowisthetimeformissions.com. That's nowisthetimeformissions.com. And until next time, this is Sean Smith saying Dios te bendiga. May God bless you. Vaya con Dios. Go with God. Pero no inmediatamente.